From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for May 13th, 2010 from Orlando, Florida. I am your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Kathy Worland, Walter Eccles, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Teresa Eccles and her spawn, Max the Intern, are back in the That's what we were calling him. We were calling him uh, Spot, Spawn of Teresa, on, <laughs> or Spock, Spawn of Calvin, on the, on the cruise. <laughs> So, depending on what mood we were in, either the spot or Spock, or Mamps or Girl Pants. <laughs> I'll tell you the story. I'll tell you the story later. <laughs> the story of Mamps or Girl Pants. And he actually came back to work. Yeah. We set up a fund for his counseling. For <laughs> <laughs> this is what all my nieces and nephews went through. They all, any you could talk to Mel or Carl or James or Robin, they all went through this. This is part of being around me. Part of the wonder that is me. Is, is Spot his skirt name? No, no, we haven't given him a skirt name yet. But he's well, he's Mamsar Girlpants. Oh, yeah. That can be his. Yeah. That can actually be a skirt name. But um, all right, in this week's show, <laughs> boy, off to an interesting. I can start. hear the iPods <laughs> clicking off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Goodbye, new listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell you about our recent experiences on the Disney Magic with Mamsar Girlpants. Uh, during our Mediterranean trip, and we'll also discuss our recent adventures by Disney trip to California. Plus, we have some big announcements to make regarding Podcast Cruise 2.0. All that, plus this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is good to be home after... I mean, I'm still walking around like, what day is it? What what country am I in? What state am I in? Uh, it's, It's bizarre. It's so bizarre. I've never done lot. that much traveling in my life. Is your house swaying? It should be, consider, oh. on, considering the conditions of the sea in the last day of our cruise. The last day, yeah. Thanks for falling um, over. Never in my life. And it was the roughest one I've been on. Yeah, and by far the roughest I've been on. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to, Good thing get you to got later. home, too, when you did. Yeah. I Why? saw the volcano erupted. The volcano again. erupted again. Oh, Ash. that's right. And they, that's tra- right. And they uh, shut all the airports in uh, Spain. Oh, wow. We just made it. Yeah, we did. So, God, I haven't been watching the news. We assumed you were going to come off the ship dusty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did, but that was only because I was like the furniture in the stateroom. I never left the ship. So, um, All right, so let's talk about a couple things. We had a couple of interesting things to discuss, something that came up uh, actually just last night. There, there is absolute. I just for any cynics out there, I just want to be very clear. This has nothing to do with the fact that we are talking about our adventures by Disney trip to California a few weeks ago. I received an email last night that there was a group, um, a backstage magic group that had been scheduled for July 25th that just canceled. And Adventures by Disney is offering us that group. Uh, it would be an, what's known as an exclusive departure, which means it would just be us, just kind of exactly like the one we just did. Uh, it is July 25th for six days and five nights. And let me pull up the pricing. Uh, this is uh, July 25th. Adult pricing, $2,289 per person. Child pricing, 2060 2060 per person. 
and the cutoff date for this is going to be June 21st. Now, let me explain that that price represents about $700 a person off what Disney is charging for the trip right before that uh, and is very close to what we paid on the group trip that we just did a few weeks ago, which we had had negotiated a year ago. I was just going to say, and they paid a year, they paid in August for a trip in May. Exactly. So, or in April. So I'm sorry, in April. Uh, it's a really, really good price, and I have to be honest that the minute I saw this, the thought of being able to go back and do it again, I was all over it. I was all over this. You just want to get what you missed in Mickey's. <laughs> I I just want to go back and do it again. He didn't. I want to go lot. back. Really. So just we want to make sure everyone is clear that you will be traveling with Pete and Walter mm-hmm. on this trip at the very least. At the very least. Uh, well, Kevin and I definitely won't be going. Let's just say that. There's no way we can Depending do Depending on how well-behaved Teresa and Kathy are. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. It depends on how clean my car is by the time the show's over. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, it, it really is going to depend. It, it depends. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a whole lot going Skinny on. Skinny right? get out there and clean the car. <laughs> oh, he's already done his job, woman. It's your turn. Um the uh, there's a oh, there's a whole lot of uh, things we're still working out with this. Like I said, this really just came up last night. Uh, I did post a little teaser about it on my Facebook page. Uh, that uh, right now it looks like there is a better than fifty percent chance we will get Club Thirty Three for breakfast again. Mm-hmm. If we were if we are to do this trip now, what we are going to do is we are putting a sign up page together um, that. Will uh, you'll have to put your credit card information in if you're interested in going. We only want people who are serious. We will not charge your credit card unless we have the minimum number of people necessary to do the group, which is 30 people. If we get 30 people signed up for this, the, the, the group will go. If we do not, it will not. So your card will not get charged unless we reach that 30. If we reach that 30, you're coming with us. And I think we stand a very good chance of hitting that number. Honestly, from I've talked to some people, and the reaction on Facebook was pretty was pretty strong. Um, we're going to put this out on the boards. We're going to invite as many people as we can to join us. Uh, if we can get more than thirty, the more the merrier. Right. Um, this adventure will travel with up to forty people. So anywhere between thirty and forty is a go. Um, and let's see how it goes. I think uh, it if sounds you like were envious of, of the trip reports. Coming just a couple of weeks ago, folks, your chance. Folks, I got to be honest with you. I got to be honest with you. Uh, the best advertisement I could give, and this is taking nothing away from Disney Cruise Line, best advertisement I can give for Adventures by Disney is that I just spent two weeks in Europe, and I'm still high off the six days we spent in California. Mm. It was a great trip. It was it amazing. Was incredible trip. It was amazing. And I think if you ask anybody who was on that trip with us, they will tell you, run, do not walk to this opportunity because uh, this was not planned. I was planning, honestly, I was planning on scheduling two more of these groups for next year, one in April and one in July. I was not planning on doing it this July, obviously. Uh, but after the success of this one, I had talked to John, and we had agreed that at least scheduling at least two of these for next year was a good idea. Um, so having the opportunity to do it this July... I'll be honest, part of this is selfish. Part of this is selfish. I want to go again. I want to go again. I want to do it again. It was 
just the experience alone in Disneyland. Leave everything else off to the side. Leave, leave out Imagineering. Leave out Jim Henson Studios. Leave out all the rest of the stuff we did, which was amazing. But just having the experience in Disneyland of being able to walk onto rides, getting fast passes for the times that we were on our own. We never waited in the line. Getting to have breakfast at Club 33. And that, that, that final dinner, which we're all going to talk about all this in a little while. I don't want to go into all of it. But just that alone for me made the trip worthwhile. Then you add on the Walt Disney Studios and the rest of it, and it was a trip. It was Disney fan mecca. It really was. I think you'd almost have to be a fan to appreciate all the things that you come in contact with. Yeah, exactly. So there will be a link posted on the show notes page, podcast.wwinfo.com, with uh, information on how to sign up for this. All the details will be on that page. And I really, really hope you'll join us because I want to go on this. And if you people deprive me of that, I will punish you. (laughs) There will be retribution. There will be retribution. There will be 15-minute podcasts for the rest of the year. That's right. I want to uh, clarify the pricing that you mentioned. You said $22.89 per person. That's double occupancy pricing. Correct. So if you're a single wanting to travel alone, the price is going to be higher. You're going to play a single supplement. Yeah, Something we're still waiting worked. to find out what that is. Right. Something worked really well on our last trip. We had a couple of people. Actually, we had a bunch of people who announced early on that they were looking to share a room. Mm-hmm. And I think some fast and furious friend- friendships were formed. That's hard to say. But I think it worked out really well. I, don't, I didn't hear anybody say, listen, I wish I had come alone. So if you're a single and you want to try and you don't mind sharing a room, we'll help you find a roommate. Yeah. Save you a little money. Absolutely. Absolutely. But kids are welcome on this trip. Yes, this is a kids are welcome. This is not an adults only trip. Kids are welcome. Three and up, though, right? Uh, it's actually four and up. Six yeah. and up is recommended. I'm going to be honest with you. I even think six is too young for this adventure. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I don't believe too young a child would appreciate. So keep that in mind. A lot of walking, a lot of um, educational type of stuff where kids will probably. I actually it. believe it's, an old, it's for older kids. That's my feeling. Not what I just said? You said six is too young. I think even I would say ten. There's a lot of talking and listening. Bring your 26-year-old children. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And let them pay. Let them pay. Let them pay for you. So very excited about this. We're hoping we can make this work. And uh, if we can find 30 people that want to travel with us. Well, Walter and I are on it. So 28. No, it's Um, actually 30 plus you. Oh, 30 plus me. Okay. Okay. That's the way they want it. I don't count, do I? No, you don't. (laughs) They don't love me. They will after this. Um, So cool. Cool. So we hope hope you'll join us on this trip. But now John has some announcements to make about Podcast Cruise 2.0. I do. We have some very exciting announcements. But first I want to get through some of the less exciting stuff, but sort of the housekeeping stuff. We've secured some pre-nights and some post-nights for this cruise at the Walt Disney World Swan Hotel. The Swan and Dolphin has been gracious enough to give us $99 per night. God bless them. Wow. Plus taxes for this room. This is a non-commissionable rate to Dreams Unlimited Travel, so you're just paying what the hotel is charging us for these rooms. We're going to put up a um, uh, sign-up process where you can go through and you can book these rooms and get your name in and get everything secure. We have a block secured, and once we reach that block, we're going to be able to try to add more rooms. So don't delay. Try to get your your reservations in early. 
The second thing we're going to do is we're going to do transportation again this year for Podcast Cruise 2.0 like we did last year. Buses will depart from the Swan and go to the port. This year we are going to have to charge for transportation. And part of the whole sign-up process for pre- and post-night stays, there'll be an option to book your transfers. Transfers will be $50 per person round trip, $35 per person one way. That's only Swan to Port, Port to Swan, or we'll take you back to the airport. If you want to book Disney transfers, you're welcome to do so. Just know that Disney transfers don't leave from the Swan, and they're more expensive. Okay. So that's my business stuff out of the way. Now for the exciting stuff. While we were on our adventure, we were able to um, finalize what we needed to do to get some of our um, guests for Podcast Cruise 2.0 squared away. So I want to give everybody the list of who's going to be who's going to be on Podcast Cruise 2.0. And I even have a surprise for Pete. There's someone going that Pete doesn't even know about yet. This happens all the time. Why is that a surprise? I don't know. Before he tells you this, I have to tell you. We were driving through Hollywood and uh, Santa Monica and Malibu. And John is talking to these people on the telephone. So it was very funny to be sitting at a red light and listening to John talk to Disney legends on the telephone. So Hollywood. It was. It was very Hollywood. First and foremost, uh, we want to thank Lee Cockrell. Lee Cockrell is going to be joining us again. Yeah. Lee is a great friend of ours, and we love him. We think he's great. I don't know what Lee's going to do this time. I think he might juggle. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to do interpretive dance. He is going to do that. I don't know if we want him to give another speech or we want to do something else with him, something more creative. We're going to work with him on that. He and a vet are running karaoke. Are they? (laughs) That'll be scary. Um, Our second guest is someone who we're very excited to have on board. We've known about him for a while, but uh, we've been waiting to announce him when we had the final lineup. And that is Charlie Ridgway. And Charlie Ridgway wrote a book called Spinning Disney's World. Oh, he was guy. Walt's publicist. Yeah. Oh, Walt's cool. publicist. Wow. And I have to tell you, this is akin to hearing the stories of Marty Sklar. Yeah. 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 This is a man who is, he wrote a book that I devoured. This is, he's full of the stories that y'all want to hear. And Charlie's also a Disney legend. Oh, yeah. For folks who don't know that. And I'm sure if you have his book, he'll be signing it. Sure he would. Um, the next person. $25. <laughs> Give me $25. <laughs> the next person we have who uh, nobody knows about this yet. I think Kevin might know about it because we finalized this this morning. Kevin set this up. Oh, that's right. You did. You were instrumental in helping me get oh, this boy. together. What a short memory. <laughs> really? I don't know. There's so much going on. I don't know what's going on anymore. This is we're going to have Disney legend and former Imagineer Bob Gurr. Really? Hmm. Do you know who that is? Really? Yes, by I do. name? Yes. Oh, that's really cool. I didn't know him by name. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, some of the stuff that Bob had was, uh, in- what's the word I'm looking for? Instrumental. Instrumental in helping Walt produce was. It's the stroke. Was <laughs> Autopia. Um, oh, my God. Uh, he was dedicated to design and construction of Disneyland. He worked transportation magic development for the Flying Saucers attraction in Tomorrowland, antique cars and double-decker buses for Main Street, 
uh, Ford Motor Company's Magic Skyway, which premiered at the New York World's Fair. And he also designed uh, mechanical workings of Disney's first audio animatronic figures. Oh, wow. Wow. So we're very excited to have Bob on the, on the cruise with us. Yeah, I've definitely heard the name. I, I know in uh, – I've read so many books on that stuff that I know that name. It's one of those names that sort of pop out. Yeah. Can I just say a thank you Absolutely. to Michael and Carol Bowling? who were instrumental in the introduction to Bob Gurr. Wow. That's Mary Mouseketeer and Disney Enabler. Uh, Michael was a Mouseketeer at one time, and his long-suffering wife, Carol, is the enabler in the family. <laughs> they were at the Disney Museum. They had lunch with us. They had lunch with us after we went to the Disney Museum, and he said, you want to get Bob Gurr for your cruise? Oh, my God. And I was like, okay. Yes, please. <sighs> Oh my God! That's he so knows cool. him through other channels, so we were able to secure. He was, him. They were instrumental in making the introduction. That is so cool. Actually, they were the ones who convinced Bob that we were okay. Yeah, that we weren't crazy people. <laughs> yeah, yep. cool. And I want to say last but not least, but this may not be last. Who knows what's going to happen between then and now? Uh, the person that we have secured, we have done sort of this. Um, as you can see, we have sort of inf- informational people. People are going to talk to us about Disney and Imagineering and all that kind of thing. And we wanted to put together a more rounded package this time. So we wanted someone who might be more entertaining. So we have secured Miss Jody Benson, cool. who is the voice of Ariel, the Little Mermaid. And we're going to be having an evening with Jody Benson on the cruise. Something I didn't know, and I was speaking to her husband, who's also her manager, is that uh, Jody had a very... A tight relationship with Roy Disney. Yeah. Mm. And she has many stories of working with Roy personally and one-on-one and her involvement in the Disney company. So we're going to do an evening with Jody. She's going to sing some Disney songs. She's going to talk about her attachment to Disney. I'm really excited about yeah. this. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to do a, a signing. She's going to do a private signing just for us. Wow. Just for our folks on the cruise. So. I think we need to up this to a seven-night cruise. I'm telling you. I, mean, <laughs> I, I was know. just thinking that. I'm like, you know, wow, we get a lot in four days. I got to tell you, my head's spinning. Where are we going to do this? When are we going to do it? How are we going to do it logistically? So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of work. But do it all on Nassau Day. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. Don't get off the ship day. <laughs> so Jody Benson's kind of cool. Jody Benson's really cool. I went to see Jody Benson at the Americas. So this is like is like three Disney legends. Really, mm-hmm. yep. I went to see Jody Benson at the Americas Theater one night and at Epcot, and we sat there. She was supposed to perform that night, and we had one of those, you know, God fearing tornado, hurricane, thunderstorms, and they canceled her at the last minute. So I'm very excited to be able to see her. Yeah. Um, one of the things Kevin likes to do is he likes to run around showing people that he has Marty Scalar's phone number in his phone. <laughs> <laughs> Look who I have in my phone. Oh, I have Jody Benson's phone number. In my phone. Mm. Wow. Mm. I, I have Walter's. He, I know where he, but I know where he plugs his cell phone in at night. So, <laughs> Why do you sleep with him? <laughs> I just know where he plugs his cell phone in. Oh, that okay. like that, that, Yeah, that kind of writes itself that there, doesn't it? So very exciting, a lot of cool stuff, plus other things we're going to be doing on the cruise as well. Well, I mean, there was something that we were talking about where with Marty Sklar. Yep, we actually invited Marty Sklar along on this cruise, and unfortunately he can't go. It's just a matter of timing for him and logistics for him. Um, he has expressed to us that in the future he would like to do stuff with us again. So who knows if we do another event in the future or we do another cruise that works out better for him timing-wise. I'm sure. I'll never speak to him again. 
you snubbed us. But no, Mar- yeah, Marty was one of the first people we thought about inviting, and just it just didn't work out. So Kevin scared him, didn't he? No, he was actually very, very complimentary. I know, I know he was. To us. I mean, I know he was. One of the things that happened too was um, Bob Gurr is friends with Marty. Dave Scott. Parfit scared him. Yeah, Dave Parfit did scare him. He scares me. <laughs> Bob Gurr is friends with Marty Scalar, and one of the things that was going back and forth in our negotiation talks to get Bob was Bob said, um, "I'm going to talk to Marty about you guys before I commit." And he came back and he said, "Marty gave you guys thumbs up." High praise. How cool is that? Couldn't say nice yeah. thing. So that was sort of the. How cool is that? The final thing he needed to book to. Marty Sklar is like vouching for us. That's so cool. <laughs> I wonder if that'll work if I want credit somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Go to JC Penney's. Mickey's of Glendale. <laughs> Marty says this is okay. <laughs> yeah, Marty says I'm good for it. So a lot of podcast crews 2.0 information going on. Hope everybody caught it, and we'll try to make sure we get that information up on the show notes page about. Pre and post night stuff. Awesome, awesome! Wow, that's a it's a very long housekeeping. We've any been ad- working hard while you were gone. <laughs> hey, I was working hard while I was gone too. Um, any uh, any other housekeeping? I have a really quick one. Uh, we've started our third book club selection. It's House Rules by Jody Pico, I believe is how you pronounce her last name. Please come join us. That's on the podcast forum on disboards. Right, the Diz Unplugged boards. I'm sorry. And I have a quick one. Just wanted to say thank you to the um, the four Muddy Buddies that ran on Saturday. That's Jason, Brittany, Chris Walters, and Tim McDonald. They did a great job. They they got muddy. And if you haven't um, donated yet, we still have a link up that you can. Thank donate. you for doing that. How much did they raise? I think they're up to about fifteen hundred. Nice. Awesome. Good job, guys. Awesome. Anything else for housekeeping? I mean, once. Going oh, I do have one more. I heard. Does that hurt? <laughs> I found the best tip I've ever heard for kids on the Diz Unplugged board, and I thought I should share it with people. Mo- Don't uh, have any? <laughs> CG Laura. <laughs> oh, my. CG Laura from New Jersey posted this. There was a thread about tips, things you should do. Things nobody else tells you to do at Disney, and she tells you to save some of those drink lids from McDonald's, you know, the plastic yeah. drink mm-hmm. lids with the hole in the center, and when your kids get a Mickey bar or a Popsicle or anything on a stick, stick the stick oh, down clever. through wow. the yeah. plastic top, and it'll stop your kids from getting drips all over their clothes. That's clever. I was really impressed with the cleverness of that. Yeah, never thought of that one. I didn't either. Okay. What's that? Oh, ter- Teresa's now, like... Talking in code. <laughs> you have a mic sitting next to you, woman. What George. did you say, Heloise? I said I've actually done that, not at Disney, but other places. Oh, well, this only works at Disney. Oh, okay. okay, anything else for housekeeping? Nope. All right, John, what about the news? Oh, I wasn't ready. What? What are you looking at? You reading the news. Okay. Our first news story. <laughs> My. <laughs> we've, been get, we've been together a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Our first news story, Disney unveils new talking Mickey Mouse in theme parks. On May 5, 2010, a few lucky Disneyland guests had a chance to experience a new character the resort is testing, a talking Mickey Mouse. At Mickey's house, what's the matter? Go ahead. Tell your jokes in the middle. I'm okay. No, nothing. Go ahead. All right. At Mickey's house in Mickey's Toontown, Mickey Mouse was able to interact with guests and even call them by name. The new Mickey's face moves with different 
moves differently than current characters. His eyes blink and his facial features move when he speaks. What? A Disney spokeswoman confirmed that the new Mickey is in tests, but couldn't give any clues to the future of the mouse. The YouTube video of the talking Mickey Mouse interaction with a young guest currently has over a quarter of a million views and is still growing. A patent for the voice transformation technology used in the Mickey Mouse character was actually awarded to the Disney company back in 1994. Three inventors are listed on the patent. Michael Savick, somebody Korean, (laughs) 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 somebody else I can't pronounce. Wow, good job. Good job job reporting. (laughs) I thought it was interesting that they had this patent for back in 1994, and it literally says, um, I didn't have the whole quote, but it literally says something to the effect of, with uh, the loss of voice, original voice characters, people passing away, they thought it was important to develop this technology for things like movies, within movies people can do this, but also for character interactions in the park hmm. back in 94. Did you see the video? Amazing. It's awesome. I haven't I mean, seen the, it. The, I think the it's voice, kind of creepy. Because well, it's, it's new to you. But I mean, for little kids, I mean, this is something else. I don't think it's creepy at all. I am. I have no idea how they do it. This is actually someone talking to the person, the person responding, and Mickey answering that question, or yeah. it's not like it's canned or preset or just a bunch of phrases that Mickey talks. It's actually talking to the little girl, and you stand over here, and Mickey. And, and, and I'm not sure 100 percent on how it works. Like, I, it's definitely the person talking. It's definitely Mickey talking, right? It's not somebody behind a it's, wall. I don't know how it, it works, but it's definitely the person there interacting with that. I think that it's a guest. lot like the crush thing. I think there there is a cast member somewhere close. Like they did with the talking trash that, that they like pick it up. Yeah. But did you see the video? Yeah. There, there were there were hand movements that were so in line with Mickey talking right away. Right. I, like I said, I'm not 100% sure, but I mean the hand movements were right there. It, it's tough for Mickey's action to, to reach his, vo- his words. It's tough to react if somebody else is speaking. I agree. You know, even if you're controlling that, I, I don't know. It's awesome. And according to the patent, it does sound like there's voice transformation. There's something they worked on that was sort of like a microphone that people would talk into and it would transform the voice at that moment. It was amazing. Well, I mean, they do that with the talking trash cans, you know, the, they have going around the park. There's a guy, whenever you see that, there's a cast member dressed as a tourist. Mm-hmm. And he's got a little, he's got his hand in his pocket or a little remote control somewhere in his hand. And he's talking into a microphone that's coming out through the trash can. We always play the game of where is the cast member that's working the thing. You guys do me a favor. Watch the video. Okay. And tell me if you think it's there's someone off stage doing it. I don't think there is. Okay. It's amazing. Our next story is officer accused of parking illegally at Disney. On May 5th, 2010, WESH.com reported that Daytona Beach Police Lieutenant Major Garvin was accused of parking in a handicapped spot while on a personal trip to Disney's Pig. World. <laughs> really? Disney's wide world, <clears throat> wide world of Sports. His badge and ID card were, sported, were spotted on the dashboard of his illegally parked city vehicle. Garvin's chief said he could get a ticket or lose the privilege of taking his car home. A handicapped spot is there for a handicapped individual to use. Not, not some fat, lazy <laughs> Daytona cop, you pig. Not for a fully functioning police officer, the Daytona Beach Police Chief Mike Chitwood said. Garvin was 
suspended in 2008 after failing a lie detector test regarding demanding free coffee from a beachside Starbucks. Oh, jeez. So this is a really good guy. Oh, yeah. This is a this, yeah, real, real, uh, real upstanding guy, pig. How dumb are you? How well, dumb are you? Well, it's not a matter of being dumb. It's a matter of being a pig. Well, being quite self-entitled, thinking I'll just park here. Leaving yeah, a pig. badge and your ID on the dashboard qualifies as dumb. It's a pig. He's a pig. But on the other hand, I mean, don't you think this kind of stuff happens everywhere? Did this really need to make the news? Yeah, I think it did. I think they need to know that uh, yeah, people absolutely. are doing that. Let them know people They're, are doing cops that are not and above the law. Embarrass oh, right. them publicly. Cops aren't above the law, but I mean, that could have been handled. I don't think. That, I, I think there are a lot of cops that would never dream of parking in a handicapped oh, spot. Most definitely. Yeah, but you do get people who are full of ego who think because they have a badge they can get away mm-hmm. with. Virtually anything. Right. It's those people who give the good police officers. Right, right, right. And there are a lot of good, good, good cops, officers, whatever. But yeah, you get a couple that. And let's be honest, this didn't make national news. This was local news because it was Disney. Right. So, I mean, it's not like it's all over the place. And our final news story is Disney's Castaway Key opens Pelican Plunge. Pelican Plunge, the new water slide area at Disney's private island Castaway Key, is now open for guests to enjoy. The attraction features a floating platform with two water slides. One is one is an enclosed corkscrew slide, and the other is a 140-foot-long slide into the ocean. The platform also includes a giant bucket that dumps water on guests, as well as four water cannons to shoot targets placed in the water. The slides were planned to open this summer, but recent passengers on the Disney Cruise Line reported that they have opened early. Another change coming to the island is a 2,400-square-foot play area called Springalik. This water playground will look... Sponsored by British Petroleum, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was sponsored by Depends. (laughs) (laughs) This water playground will look like it was hit by a storm with leaking pipes and broken plumbing. Water jets and a splash pad will be fun for guests of all ages. I understand that the platform... For Pelican Plunge is in 11 feet of mm-hmm. water. I saw that. Yes. So you're in 11 feet of water? You have to swim out to it. it it's mm-hmm. in 11, the, it's at an 11 yeah. foot depth. So it's not something people who can, you can't walk out to it. So just keep that in mind if you want to take your kids. I'm a little surprised at that, yeah. There's a bit of a swim, and your kids would have to wear um, life vests going out to it because you actually plunge off into the ocean, and there's sharks and barracuda <laughs> and stingrays. Jellyfish. Jellyfish. Whatever. Wow. Cool. Well, thank you very much for that, John. You're welcome. We're going to move on to rapid fire. And I'm actually going to go first because my rapid fire is a rant. I want to just briefly talk about my experience on Mother's Day Mm. with Tables in Wonderland. Um, Those of you who listened to the show for a few years know that I used to go every year to Epcot, take my mom to Epcot on Mother's Day for the Mother's Day brunch, which we loved. It was a superb brunch, great food. Yeah, it was. Mom loved it, uh, and unfortunately, they stopped doing it a few years ago, which was kind of disappointing, but whatever. Um, So when I found out that Tables in Wonderland was doing a Mother's Day brunch at Epcot, I jumped on it. Now, I knew it was going to be different, (coughs) excuse me, in that, uh, it was going to be plated, not a, a buffet brunch the way the, the one at Epcot had been. And it was also very expensive at $100 a person versus I think it was like 60 or 70 the last yeah. time we did it at Epcot. But I figured Mother's Day, 
something special. It was going to be held in the special uh, uh, reception area uh, right alongside the Coral Reef Restaurant um, in the Living Seas Pavilion. I thought, how cool would that be? Something very different. Uh, When I tell you this was not just substandard food, this was one of the tackiest events I have ever been to in my life. Um, I shouldn't say, maybe I shouldn't say that, but some very tacky things went on during this. The first of which was as soon as the brunch started, we got a sales pitch, $100 a plate, mind you, a sales pitch for Guerlain Cosmetics with this five-minute story about how Shalimar, came, Shalimar perfume came to be. And then some bingo-style raffle giving away two complimentary makeovers at the Guerlain counter in France, in, in the French Pavilion. Uh, which, of course, they would then turn around and sell you the cosmetics for after they got done giving you the makeover. It was incredible that they would do this after charging somebody $100 yeah. a plate. There were no little samples of Shalimar or anything? No, no. They gave, on the way out, on the way they out. gave, well, they, no, they gave samples. It was not of Shalimar, though. It was some other oh. perfume. Gina Day. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, and I'm sitting there. The minute this starts, I'm like, you have got to be kidding. What are they going to do next? A timeshare presentation? $100 a plate. You don't get to sell me anything. Okay? I bought all I'm going to buy. They were trying to distract us from the food, Pete. Apparently. Because they had strawberries and, uh, and uh, Devonshire cream and some muffins on the table. Now, the muffins were actually good. The muffins were good. Uh, those were, like, fresh. The strawberries were not. The strawberries were bitter, and the Devonshire cream was the blandest Devonshire cream I've ever tasted. It was just was awful. Um, so I'm like, okay, this is not off to a good start. Then they serve our salad, which was perfectly forgettable. <clears throat> and then I'm wondering when, because the, the, the third course was to be beef tenderloin with eggs benedict. I'm wondering when they're going to come around asking people how they want their tenderloin cooked. They didn't. Everybody got the same medium-rare piece of steak. Hmm. $100 a plate. They don't even ask you what doneness you want. Now, my mother... Won't eat it. Can't eat it. Can't eat it. She won't eat it. She has to have her steak well done. That's her taste. I prefer a medium steak. but And the steak was okay, but it was not edible for my mother. At that price, yeah. They and should be asking. They should be absolutely asking. Um, so... To their credit, they didn't take her plate back. They just prepared her another steak and allowed her to eat the eggs Benedict, which were basically two poached eggs on two dry pieces of English muffin. The amount of Bernays sauce on this, when I say negligible, I mean Hmm. it was virtually, there was a tiny drizzle of Bernays sauce. It wasn't even, you couldn't even taste it because it wasn't that much there. I didn't taste it. And I'm saying to myself, what the hell kind of fraud is this? For a hundred dollars a person, I have to ask, and I I know the answer to this. Was anything hot? Was the food hot? Generally, I won't say it was piping hot, but it was because nothing was prepared there. If you're eating, yeah, but a lot of things were cold, like the the potatoes and. Did you have a view of the aquarium? Yeah. Yes. A small view of the aquarium. Not it wasn't it wasn't like in the the coral reef. Oh, the the description was they were going to pull back the curtain and you were going to have this magnificent. No. (laughs) <laughs> there was no curtain being pulled back. There was the piano player playing, you know, Disney $100 tunes. $100 a plate. Oh, wait. Wait. Let me get to the dessert. 
Oh, okay, at this point, I'm like, I'm furious. I'm furious. They have screwed up Mother's Day, a Mother's Day brunch for me, and I'm furious. And I'm writing in my mind what I'm going to write about this. <clears throat> and the dessert was a buffet dessert, and they had some of their little desserts, which weren't terrible. They had a chocolate lava cake, which was actually quite good, and gelato. The gelato, I'm not kidding you, was ice milk. It was ice milk. It wasn't even good ice milk. No, it, we when when asked when my I brother think that's asked a misnomer already. Well, when my mother asked, when, when my brother asked what flavor is this, I said fart because that's what it tasted like. It was like fart flavored ice milk. What you um, get on on board the Disney ships, the soft serve is a lot 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 better than what we had. And that's bad ice milk. On I I, I just want to remind Disney that the phrase is ice cream. <laughs> okay it's nobody says oh mommy mommy can i have an ice milk they want ice cream so now on the disney ship i found it you know on the magic and the wonder i find that really distasteful that they have that free soft serve that's that crappy ice milk to pass this off as gelato we got gelato in Italy from a street side vendor that was so much better than this garbage. And to me, it was just a perfect analogy of the entire thing. Billing it as one thing and providing some cheap, uncreative, thoughtless substitute for what they, what they promised. Uh, this was clearly somebody thinking, how much can we charge and how cheap can we go? It was shameless, I thought. It was shameless. It was fraudulent, yeah. in my opinion. And I was so angry. My mother was apologizing to me that I paid for this. I'm sorry I gave birth to you. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry you had to. She said, I'm sorry you had to pay for this. Oh, I can understand that. Kevin's and, mother said that to me several times when we've had crappy meals. And I, I, I did something I have honestly, in my, I can never remember ever doing this before in my life. It's not something I do. I came home, I sat down, I wrote an email, and I demanded my money back. I said, you have some nerve not only pulling this, but doing it on Mother's Day. This is an atrocity. Also flying this under the tables in Wonderland banner. Well, you know what? Which implies I've, it's going to be better. But I've noticed, I've noticed the last couple of meals. The first meal I had with tables in Wonderland was pretty good. The one I had in December for the candlelight processional was okay. The one we had at the great movie ride was all right wasn't fabulous but we were paying that in my opinion that You're was eating, an experience right it was an experience you paid for that experience the food was secondary this time i paid to get a sales pitch that's really tacky <laughs> exactly that's the first thing i said when this guy got up we have a representative from we have a very special guest you know they're going to bring out an imagineer or right. no yeah. no we have a representative from girl on cosmetics to come talk to you about the story of shalimar then there should have been some um, shalimar on each plate no yeah. i was like i i honestly i'm sitting there saying okay how badly embarrassed will my mother be if i actually start yelling at this guy to sit down and shut up <laughs> start throwing muffins at him. i was like thinking I, i'm gonna throw something at this guy sit down i don't want to hear this garbage so how many people were there let me interrupt you. Um, I, I don't know. It wasn't a huge crowd. I'd say maybe it was 50. I was saying 40 to 50. Yeah. Oh, really? Um, That's all? It there. was a small group. Well, there were two seatings. There was yeah. a, a 10.30 seating and a 2 p.m. We were at the 2 p.m. But, I mean, compared to what the, the brunch used to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very small. Loads no, of people. Nothing like that. Well, thank God. Thank God more people 
didn't well, get true. taken in by this. Um, I will say in defense of Tables in Wonderland that I did receive a response today. They have credited my credit card for the amount of the brunch. I will also say I will never go to another Tables in Wonderland event again. Never again will I trust these people to provide something of quality after seeing just how, I mean, you know, Disney has done some some screwed up things, but it was always a company that I could say had some class. This was a fraud. Whoever did this had no pride. No pride no at pride. all. No pride. To charge that much and give that little, it was just it was To amazing. charge $100 a plate and not offer you a uh, choice Correct. of a beef or a fish or a chicken. No. To charge $100 a plate and not have it be... A spectacular meal. Spectacular. You you can go. You could go to Shula's. The only for positive a third of that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's why I said to my mother as we left Epcot, I said I want to do over next Sunday. We're going to Mama Della's because I know Mama Della's over at the Portofino is going to serve me a great meal. That's a place she loves to go. She hasn't been there in a while, and I said so. We're just we're just hitting the reset button on Mother's Day and going over to Mama Della's. And doing that. Uh, the one good thing I will say about the event was the service. The servers that they had were very professional, very good. Uh, I have nothing bad to say about the service. The service was excellent. Unfortunately, what they were serving was garbage. It was crap That's because it came plate. out of the Living Seas kitchen. I don't even think it did that, to be honest with you. It probably was prepared somewhere else and carted over in those warming well, trays. Whatever, you know what? I, I never again. I will never do another Tables in Wonderland event again. I think we've come to a decision. I think we're going to skip Mother's Day from now on. We went Just ignore to, it. Well, no. Um, we're going to have a cookout or something. We go out to eat often enough that taking my mom out for Mother's Day, we went to a restaurant that we like very much and go to quite frequently. We went to Boston's Fish House and had a lousy meal. However, it was mobbed. Oh, yeah. Mother's Day is the busiest mm-hmm. day for a restaurant. I have to tell you, I think we're just going to have a cookout Stay from now on. Well, you know, I know Mom loves Epcot. Mom loves to eat at Epcot. She loved the brunch at Epcot. So for me, I'm thinking to myself, okay, great. This is something I know she really enjoys. And that it's not going to – I knew it wasn't going to be the brunch that it used to be. But I was like, okay, you know, whatever. It's a brunch at Epcot. We can go. We can walk around. We can spend the day. We didn't let it ruin the rest of the day. But it was – I was furious. I was so angry. I'm glad you they gave you your money back. Yeah, well, I'm, I was – you know, like I said, honest to God in my life, I cannot remember a time that I have ever asked for my money back on a meal. But that's how bad this was. Now, had it not been for the sales pitch and the crappy gelato, I might have let it slide. But – <laughs> no, that food wasn't worth a hundred bucks. Well, no, it wasn't. But I, I don't know that I would have demanded my money back oh, if it was just on just on the main course. But the whole thing taken together, the sales pitch, the uh, passing off ice milk as gelato, uh, the bland salad, the not asking how you want your meat prepared. You could have eaten next door at the Coral Reef and gotten a very similar meal for a third of the a price. Fraction exactly. So. Um, Cautionary tale to folks. I would never trust it, uh, Tables in Wonderland with a, an event again. That's my rapid fire. Not so rapid, but okay. <laughs> Kathy, what do you have? I have. I was went over on Sunday to see um, at Hollywood Studios. 
they premiered Lotso. He's the new character from Toy Story 3. His name stands for, and I don't know why they, they shortened it, but it's Lotso Huggin' Bear. But it's this big... <laughs> you know. Okay. But anyway, there's this big pink bear. It's where the up characters used to be in Hollywood Studios. And I'll, I'll give them points because the, the meet and greet area that they have, they have some other things going on while you're standing there watching the characters. There's a, a little green army man comes down on the string from a yo-yo, and there's a little bird whose wings flap. Um, but this bear, you know, he's just a big bear. But I like the fact that he does get down to the kid's level, and he does sign autographs. But he's also going to be in the Block Party Bash Parade. And there's a video out of him doing this, and I'm thinking, wow, that that you know, that's a tough character to be in the hot Florida sun. Ooh, but yeah. the up characters have gone away. Nobody knows. There's been rumors they might eventually show up over at Animal Kingdom, but Lotto's the the meet and greet at Hollywood Studios. Okay, Lotto, Lotto, you look friendly, hugging baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, thank you, Kathy Walter. For the first time since Disney bought Marvel Entertainment, the company's superheroes can be found at Disneyland. With the release of Iron Man 2 on May 7th came the addition of Marvel T-shirts and action figures to D Street, the the trendy store at Downtown Disney. The vintage-inspired shirts feature Iron Man, Spider-Man, and other superheroes. As of now, the merchandise is not available at any other Disney location. According to Orange County Register, Disney should profit between... $200 200 million and 300 million from the release of Iron Man 2. Mm. Wow. Two more big movies are coming up, Captain America and Thor. So I mean, this is Disney's chance to make money off of these characters. Yeah. I just read today that I they think they're going to film Captain America in 3D. Yes, Thor also might be in 3D. All right, thank you Walter. Teresa. Hi, get to talk. Um Disney's live. <laughs> we'll allow it for now. Okay. <laughs> Disney's live rock and road show is crossing the middle of North America. Hit the road with Mickey Mouse and your favorite Disney characters for hilarious talent search in the all-new Disney Live Rock and Road Show. Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and Goofy set out on a zany road trip where audiences join in and help find the coolest acts around. Didn't Oprah and Gail do that? Yeah, I think they did. Yeah. Um, this is Arkansas, Florida, uh, Louisiana, Mexico. Actually, Mexico. Um, Minnesota, Mississippi, Dakotas, Texas. All the way up to Canada, it's thirteen to forty-five dollars a person, five hundred and fifty pesos if you're in Mexico. To go. Okay. <laughs> There's a joke in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, really. Not <laughs> the Disney characters going to Mexico. <laughs> I don't. Know, it brings Disney to you if you can't get to it. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Teresa. Corey Patrick. I added a new sharing tool to disboards.com. On every thread and post, you will see three little icons where you can easily share. Uh, certain threads that you like to your friends on Twitter, Facebook, and via email. So if you're browsing Disboards and you see a a thread that you want to share with somebody that you think they would like also, there's a little icon that you can click, three little icons underneath everybody's signature, and it will automatically post that link. Oh, that's cool. um, Via Facebook. And on Twitter, if you click the Twitter link, it will shorten the link for you. Oh, that's cool. And you can email it. So... There you go. Cool. Share away. Cool. Thank you, Corey Patrick. I just realized my rapid fire is, is going to be pointless. Is it passed? No, it will be by the time the show goes up. There's a Tables in Wonderland Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want mine? No. 
What was it? Well, the Gypsy Kings are going to be performing on Dancing with the Stars tonight. Tuesday, however, I read this wrong, and they are going to be performing a special uh, song from, they're going to be performing a special version of You've Got a Friend from Toy Story 3, only it's going to be done as by the Gypsy Kings. Hmm. So it's going to have a Latin feel to it. It was really important yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, mine is that the Family Feud game show is coming to Orlando, Florida. Oh, no. Should we all mm-hmm. get in there and be one family? Sure. That's oh. what I thought of when I read that. We should go as the podcast one team. big dysfunctional family. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Survey says. No, I hate him. That, oh, that it's guy Steve, who does it's the... It's be Steve a new Harvey host, now. Right? Oh, Steve Harvey? Mm-hmm. Steve Harvey will be the new host. Oh, and it's okay. going to shoot at Universal Studios beginning July 10th of this year. Like permanently they'll shoot it there? Yep, or? Mm-hmm. yep it's moving there permanently. And they moved it here because that fit in with Steve Harvey's schedule. He lives in Atlanta, so he'll commute. They do shows on, like, Friday, Saturday on the weekends. There's also going to be um, – th- there's more to this story. Um, they get a huge uh, break, tax break for filming here and oh, a lot of promotional so considerations. They're getting rid Universal. of Mr. Peterman for sure? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I hated him. I, I thought it was Louis Anderson. No. Oh, then it was Louis Anderson for a while, and I hated yeah. him too. Louis, that's way back. Steve Harvey, oh, I stomach. What's that Dawson guy? He used to be on Hogan's. Richard Gears. Dawson. Richard yeah. Dawson. Yeah. He was great. He was great. I was just going to say, I didn't even know he left. <laughs> <laughs> He's dead. Oh. oh. I don't watch. <laughs> Apparently. He still thinks Match Game is on the air. I loved Match Game. I know, mm-hmm. so did I. All right, that will do it for Rapid Fire. We're going to move on to our first segment, have a brief discussion, because we're running long in this week's show. Uh, have a brief discussion about our trip to the Mediterranean. We spent uh, 11 nights on board the Disney Magic going around the Mediterranean uh, last week. And uh, overall, it was, uh, it, was a, it was a good experience. Um, it was different for us in that we really worked the entire time. I mean, it was a lot of work, a lot of video, a lot of photos, a lot of podcasts, uh, Facebook updates, interviews, interviews. I mean, it was, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. You could tell. And I, I, from that standpoint, that I would not do again. Uh, not like that anyway. I would, you know, it would be better for me to go and cover it, experience it, film and do all that stuff. And then do the production side of it when I got back. That would be a lot easier for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this I could never do again because we were working out of a out of a stateroom and it was it was not pleasant. Not to mention the internet speed. <laughs> well, you know, fortunately, uh, thanks to Alex, uh, we found this software that helped mitigate a lot of the problems with uploading oh, from really? a satellite connection. And I was able to upload everything, everything that you saw, all the videos, all the pictures, everything was uploaded from my stateroom. Wow. Uh, so uh, even the Disney PR folks and the other media that were there all had to run and find internet cafes in port to upload their stuff. Right. Hmm. And so uh, Alex really Alex really, really came through for me because that helped out a lot that I didn't have to, you know, when we got into port, I didn't have to go run and find an internet cafe. I was able to do what I needed to do from the ship. Uh, the, uh, let's talk a little, I want to talk a little bit about the shore excursions. Uh, I only went on two personally. 
I only went on two. I went on the one in Sorrento and the one in Rome. Both of them were fabulous. Uh, I mean, absolutely fabulous to the point where Walter and I have both decided that we absolutely want to do the Adventures by Disney Italy trip next year uh, because we want to see more of Italy. Well, yeah, because they're trying to cover everything in a day. Well, Sorrento, the Sorrento excursion was very was, was, that was a much more paced. relaxed pace. Right. Rome was... Rome was like... Mm-hmm. We, we figured out we walked about five and a half miles. Now, mm. in, with Adventures by Disney, you will still do that. Right. But, but you're going to cover a lot more because you're there. You're in, so you're, you're starting... More in depth. Right. right. You're not getting to Rome... And you're time. there for a couple days, right? right for a right, couple days, so you, right. it's that much packed in. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the walking around that bothered me. It was the fact that I only had a day. Yeah, not even a full day. You know, you're there for eight hours, seven hours. Well, I mean, they had a schedule, so you turn around to start taking pictures, and the group's gone. Mm. Yeah. So it was it was very frustrating because you know the, uh, we wanted to take pictures and show everyone what we were experiencing, but you had to do it like r- while running to keep up with the group too. So now was, Walter and Max actually did get off in every port. Um, and for a lot of the excursions that we booked for them, we aimed for the less expensive excursions, the ones that were forty nine, sixty nine, eighty nine dollars versus the Sorrento and Rome ones, which I think Sorrento was one forty nine and Rome was one eighty nine or something like that per person. And it's still not bad. Well, it's not, but those forty nine, those cheaper ones, really can't recommend them. Really, because you. It's not that they were bad in particular. It's just that you really don't get to see enough or experience enough of the location to make you feel like you came back with, I went to, you know, Malta. Well, yeah, Malta because we had that, like, uh, what do you call it, Max? We had to run around find things or find information. The historical hunt. You did the historical historical hunt. hunt. Um, It is all geared toward children. And actually, Malta is... Well, laid out but that's well. why we chose those. Right, right, right. But if you're an adult, Malta is the one place you would be able to do on your own and do very, very well. Just get a very simple map, do a little bit of homework. Malta you could do on your own and have a lot better time. And I felt think. very safe there. Yes. Now, Tunisia, which was the second stop, oh, um, this is where I have to criticize Disney. This port of call should not be part of the Disney experience for one major reason, and that is the way women are treated. Um, Disney was sending female guests back to their rooms before they got off the ship, telling them they were dressed inappropriately for the port. If you're going somewhere where you have to tell your guests to change, you should not be going there. Okay? Now, it's fine if Tunisia has those laws and those that they, they choose to live that way. That's fine. I don't think Disney should be, A, supporting that, or B, ever being in a position to tell their guests that you're dressed inappropriately to walk off the ship. Hmm. Yvette was sent back to her stateroom not because she was wearing a cutoff Daisy or, Dukes or, or Daisy Dukes or anything like that, but simply because she had a T-shirt with no sleeves. And she was sent back for that reason. Oh, wow. You have to have sleeves. I find that offensive. I find that offensive. The ship was delayed one hour from being cleared by, by Tunisian customs simply because Disney sent a woman to clear the ship with hmm. the Tunisian officials. And they told them, the next time you come back here, you send a man. You know what? Don't go back. Wow. So my recommendation to people is that if you're doing the Mediterranean cruise, do not give any of your money to Tunisia. Stay on the ship. You have a lot of things to do in the Mediterranean. There's a lot of other places Disney can go. But I don't think Disney or any self-respecting American 
should be supporting any country that treats women like that. Now, forgive my ignorance, but is this the type of uh, place where we, when you do get off the ship, you'll see women in totally covered? You will see yes. women in burkas. In burkas about half, half of them, right? Yeah. I don't know. I, w- I didn't get oh, yeah, the ship. About half, did. It was about half. half. <laughs> some of them. Me. You went. I don't. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, some of you. Now, what was the uh, marketplace that we went to? The name of it? Well, it was part of the Medina. The Medina. But the, that Medina is not the marketplace. That's a city within the city. That's where the marketplace there, is located. There are these countries that do this. Saudi Arabia does this. However, they don't do it with their tourists. As an American tourist, women traveling to Saudi Arabia don't have to be covered up. I find it odd that people visiting have to have that sort well, of thing. Well, they didn't have to they didn't have to wear burqas. No, 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 but, but they had to be a certain way. Now when you go to uh, places in Rome, if you want to go into the churches, the churches. churches and the cathedrals, you have to be covered up to a certain extent. That's made clear right. in the shore excursion guide. But it's also this, not stopping to me, you from in Tunisia off the ship. it was not. Yeah. They just said dress modestly is what they mm-hmm. put in, in the morning they just said dress modestly for Tunisia. And it's I'm sorry. I I just think if the you can't get off the ship basically unless you're dressed a certain way, that's way 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 outside what's all right in my book. We were talking to Emil before you guys left, and she had mentioned they'd both said quite a few things about Tunisia that made me think this is not the appropriate. And also, you know, uh, other people we talked to said they did not feel safe in Tunisia. Not safe. Well, there's there's problems with human rights violations yes. right. that go on. Well, you go to that market, and, and our guide just said, be careful. It's safe, but be careful. But the other guides were saying, don't stop. Don't talk to people. Don't buy anything. And I'm like, then what's the point of going? Mm-hmm. You just go, and you run through, look at it real quick, and then at the yeah. end, they said there's going to be a place you can shop. Okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm ready for that. The only thing you can buy is handmade oriental rugs. I don't have a big need for a handmade oriental rugs, yeah. so we just walked around and took more pictures. But uh, so, yeah. I would have a hard time getting off the ship there. Yeah, Tunisia, not a good place. Uh, other ports of call, as I mentioned, uh, we went to Sorrento. That was Naples. We went to Rome. Uh, actually, you dock in a city called uh, Civitavecchia, uh, and take. We took a, an hour, roughly seventy-five minute train ride, which is actually a very nice train. It was ride, a nice ride uh, from the port into into Rome. Uh, we also stopped in... Um, Were you amazed by the traffic in Rome? Uh, well, I was just... You know what? I didn't pay too much attention to the traffic. I was just too amazed being in Rome. Um, just the history around every corner, the beauty of that city. Were you on a bus? For a very short amount of time. Did you park in the parking lot near the Coliseum? No. When we, we parked in a parking lot up on the hill... And there was like a six-lane highway in each direction that we had to cross to get to the No, no, the we didn't Coliseum. do anything like that. Mm-hmm. No. And they what told us just to step off the curb and not make eye contact with the drivers. Oh, jeez. They oh, have dear. to stop. But if you make eye contact, they don't. What no. amazed me about Rome was you mentioned the history around every corner. You'd, you'd turn a corner and there'd be a fresco. Yes. And there would be a fountain. There's a, a fountain everywhere. Or there'd be a fountain. It was just incredible. But it was all the stuff you see in humanities classes. I mean, it's like, you know, you, stuff that you see your entire life, and you're like, oh my God, there I it is. I don't remember any of my humanities oh, classes. Then you start seeing stuff. Oh, that's only 500 AD. Right. <laughs> you know, show me the really old, <laughs> me the old Something stuff. that really surprised me in Rome, we were at the Colosseum, and you stand there and you think to yourself, okay, it's 2,000 years old, you know, and that you process that in your head, and then they would tell you things plus. that, right, that Thomas Jefferson said when he visited. Yeah. And we think about Thomas Jefferson as being, you know, our history. And Thomas right. Jefferson went and saw it. It was old when he saw it. Right. You know, so. I think so. the scale of stuff is what, what really surprised me. 
So, uh, you know, Rome certainly was, was fantastic. Um, then uh, we also stopped in uh, Corsica. Um, now, that was when we did Taste of Corsica? Correct. Um, that was actually Corsica for sale. I would not do that excursion. You well, again, this was, and again, as I pointed out, these were the less expensive excursions that didn't seem to really give you the, the flavor of the country you were going to. When you read the descriptions of these excursions, do you think they lived up to the description, or do you think you got cheated in that? You, no, I think no. they lived up to the description for the most part. Um, there were a lot of complaints on the ship about people... This was not necessarily our experience, but we talked to a lot of people on the ship that said, you know, my tour was supposed to be 10 hours. It was eight. We were supposed to go here. We didn't. Um, those are things I think Disney still has to work out. Uh, while Disney has been to the Mediterranean before, this is the first time they are going with Barcelona as now a home port. This will be a yearly event. They will be doing these Mediterranean cruises every year. Now that the dream is coming out in in uh, uh, in January, so they're also offering next year. I noticed that they're offering seven night itineraries in the Mediterranean as opposed to just the ten and elevens, which I think is a very good idea because the price of these cruises, honestly, is exorbitant. And we've seen a lot of discounts on these cruises. Well, what happens is I want to make sure it's explained to people that. When Disney first announces them, the prices are exorbitant. You're talking about $7,000 for two people in a Cat 5. Uh, that same room in February was going for 3000 So what happens is, is once they get the people to buy all the expensive ones, as many as they can get, and then when once the cancellation period is in effect and they can't cancel, whatever rooms they haven't sold, they're dumping. It's the same thing that happened two years ago. I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen again next year. Um, my recommendation on that is unless you are certain this is something you want to do, and I think you should do it, uh, then wait until – if you can travel with three months' notice, two then, or three months' notice. Then airfare gets tough. And you know, it does. It does. But, you know, if, if, if it's something you can do on two months' notice – Three months' notice at the most. Uh, wait. Wait and see if the price drops. If it's something that you're set on doing, I'm telling you, you'll absolutely want to do it. So go ahead and book it. But if it's something you think you might want to hunt for a bargain on, because I'll be honest with you, you can get a balcony stateroom on a Royal Caribbean ship for a lot less money than what Disney's charging. And that's because there's more of those ships out there. There's more of them out there. And they're also, you know, honestly, the, the, the magic is a spectacular ship. And... But the big issue I had with this cruise was the food. Um, <laughs> the food, really and truly, they should be ashamed of themselves for some of the things that were coming out of that kitchen. And it's inexcusable, given the amount of money they were charging some people to be there. Uh, some meals were okay. Most meals were either room temperature, not prepared correctly, or just plain bad. Uh, quality has obviously been sacrificed in the choices they've made with the food. And I think Disney, once and for all, needs to knock it off. They did this once before. They got slammed for it. They had to change. And tasting the food on this cruise, 
and talking to some of the people that had done the transatlantic, said the food was just as bad there. Apparently, this has become the new normal. And I really hope they stop it because it's unacceptable for what you're charging. If you're paying that much, you're not going to eat that poor Well, you food. can almost understand on a transatlantic cruise, there are no 7-Elevens to stop at and get fresh food in 14 but days. even when they have the option, they, they are stocking up in Barcelona and not restocking. That's, well, that's what I'm saying. You're in, Italy, you're in Europe. You should be able to get the freshest, most glorious food on earth. Well, this is what I was saying to these guys was that, you know, we were in Barcelona, which is an absolutely gorgeous city. Oh, my God. Barcelona's gorgeous. Uh, and we really noticed the fruit and the vegetables in particular were just delicious. I mean, it was so fresh. Same thing in Italy. Fresh, fresh, fresh. Why the hell am I not getting fresh fruit and vegetables on this ship? Well, that's what I'm saying about the 14-day cruise. You can't keep bananas at home for two weeks. No. So you no. don't express, expect fresh bananas on day 12 of a 14-day transatlantic cruise. Unless we were just someplace where they could have bought them fresh. Well, that's what I'm saying. When you're coming across the ocean, there's no place to stop right. and get fresh food. But there is at every port in Europe. Yeah. So, and, um, and I'm sorry, this is, again, not their first time out there. No. I can understand if it's your first time out there, you haven't built these relationships with vendors. You should have went out there and said, okay, now we're coming back. How can we get you know, more food when we get to, get to Rome? I, I got to be honest. If I was to go on the Disney cruise again and be served that kind of food again, I don't know that I would go back on a Disney cruise. Uh, it's not I'm not saying that every meal needs to be a five a five star signature restaurant meal it's not going to be but damn it if you're going to put a yachtsman steak on the menu then serve me a yachtsman steak don't serve me the garbage that was coming out of that kitchen because a, a it was not a yachtsman steak and they know it b it was not prepared as a yachtsman steak and as I said in one of the podcasts we did if I was the guy running the Yachtsman Steakhouse and somebody was pissing all over my reputation by serving crap like that, I'd be pissed off. Uh, because there are people who are going to eat those steaks that have not been to the Yachtsman and think the Yachtsman Steakhouse isn't that great a place. Right. And unfortunately, that's, that's really unfortunate because it is. And the steaks that they're serving on the ship, they really ought to be ashamed of themselves. Honest, especially the first night. When Max couldn't cut, he literally could not cut his steak with a steak knife. Mm. I sat and watched it with my own two eyes. But look at him. He has no upper body strength. <laughs> he was saying he was spending more energy trying to cut his steak than he would if he actually ate it. So he just gave up. <laughs> than he would have gotten by eating it. Well, half of, the, half of what I had you couldn't eat. Half of it just wasn't meat. It was fat and, in, yeah, in a related, and beef parts. Related question to the, to the food, believe it or not. What was the, was the ship full? Was it very full? No, was it it was. Full? No, I don't think it was. I think it was fairly full, but it wasn't completely full. Again, th- th- there's there's no excuse for it. And it was, uh, and the temperature, like I said, the temperature of the food coming out was was room temperature at best in most cases. There were of the of the nine meals we ate in the dining room, there were two that I could point to that I and say were good. Uh, the other two meals. Uh, because it was an 11-night cruise. The other two dinners were in Palo, which was flawless. Right, that was good. Flawless. Amazing, amazing meals in Palo. Uh, Chef Goron was amazing and prepared not just the, the dishes that were on the menu, but was making a special sugar-free desserts. He made a tiramisu that would have killed you. It was so good that it was sugar-free. He made a blueberry Napoleon that was fantastic, uh, you know, of course, the chocolate souffle is always out of this world. That's not sugar-free. But 
really, we had uh, two magnificent dinners, uh, a great brunch. Walter wasn't that impressed with high tea. I didn't. I didn't do high tea. I won't do it again. I mean, you just okay. You had biscuits. You had fruit. You have a lot of dessert. Small desserts. It just seemed like a lot of calories, and it wasn't all that good. I mean, I wouldn't do it again. It was. It was okay. Yeah, but it's also high tea is not Walter's thing. I mean, <laughs> you know. So, oh, wait. No, when we ate the, the buffet um, a couple of nights, that was good. At uh, Top Ciders. Top Ciders. Yeah, Top Ciders was very good. Now, on some nights, Top Ciders has menus from the rest, one of the restaurants on the ship. So the, night, one, the first night we went, it was a Lumiere's menu, and they had a porterhouse steak. It was fantastic. It was great. Because it was made at the time I ordered it. It was cooked to order in, in, in uh, Top Ciders, not down It's been down, many years, but we found that also. And the buffet was not bad. I, the buffet wasn't bad either, no. I enjoyed that. No. Um, so... You know, they do need to work on the food. I can give them some leeway on the shore excursions because they are still developing relationships, working out some bugs. I am sure the cruise right after ours was even better because they, you know, there's there's one thing that's never wrong with a Disney ship, and that's the crew, first of all. The crew is amazing. And the desire they have to please their guests. It really borders on fanaticism. So... They were looking at every single thing that was going on, and they will work to correct any of these issues with shore excursions. I don't know about the food. I guess if they get consistently bad ratings on the food, what I encourage people to do is if the food is not to your standard, send it back. That's the best way to let the kitchen know you didn't do a good enough job. Send it back. Certainly let them know in the survey. But what I noticed the last night when they were serving steak a lot of people were sending it back because it was not. First of all, they couldn't pre- seem to prepare a steak the right temperature. You'd ask for a medium steak, you get it either rare or well done. It was hit or miss because I said medium and mine was well, well done. Yeah. You couldn't cook it anymore. They were pretty good with Max's because well, he doesn't cook his. He, his. His are pretty much raw. They just throw it on the grill for five seconds and put it on his plate. But uh, overall, overall, it was it was a great experience. Um, I would like to go back and do it again when I'm not working. I don't know if I'll do the Mediterranean sailing next year, but one of these years I'll go back and do that again when I don't have to carry four computers and three cameras and everything else we were carrying with us. Did they have extra stuff going on on the ship? Did they have like... um, A lot of entertainment. A lot of entertainment, but uh, things related to the port you were in, themed meals... Or anything no. like that. Well, not no. so much. I mean, they were doing theme, different themes every night, but like one night was like Villains Night for the new stage show. Uh, one night was, you know, uh, uh, well, they did the Pirates Buffet upstairs the one night. But they were also timing it in such a way that if you were on the second seating, you got screwed mm-hmm. um, out, of a lot, out of a lot of this stuff. Because, you know, you sat down for dinner at 830 and the Pirates starts at 945. Yeah, it's like that. You really need to yeah. rush through your dinner. Yeah. Did you see the villain show? Did you guys did not get a chance to? No, but the reviews of it are outstanding. Everyone said they loved it. it yeah. People are saying Broadway about this. I mean, a lot of people hmm. are saying Broadway. Uh, they really have a hit on their hands with that. Wow. So, all in all, great experience. Um, some things Disney needs to work on, but uh, I just wish I could have taken the Cove Cafe home with me. <laughs> and Fernando, who made my lattes. 
because they give you those those buy five get one free and got like six free coffees on the cruise <laughs> that's how much i was drinking coffee so that's our that's our trip to the mediterranean now i know we said we were going to do a segment on adventures by disney but uh this show has definitely uh has run longer than we anticipated and i don't want to rush through our adventures by disney trip so if it's okay with everybody uh, I think instead of an email show, we will do our Adventures by Disney show. So that will go up on Thursday uh, in place of our email show. I hope no one minds. Everybody here okay with that? Yep. I that's think that's great. a good idea. That'll be good. All right. So that will do it for us this week, folks. It's great to be home at least for a few weeks. <laughs> um, we hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Thanks for listening. And remember... Stay out of the damn lakes. <laughs> <laughs>